Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Caught by Green. It is a touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that is carrying, well, I wouldn't say quite keeping calm and carrying on, but we are definitely carrying on. Thank you very much for listening. I know times are really, really hard at the moment, um, but uh, hopefully uh, the Bengals UK community can at least uh, distract you for a little while. Um, joining me uh, as per usual, not in the sewing room, he's on the other end of the line uh, in his own uh, bunker. It's Nathan Palmer. Nathan, how are you doing? Not too bad, my son. Crazy times we live in. Crazy, crazy, and um, quite scary as well, I must say. But um, I mean, we could have just come on and told jokes for about half an hour to an hour but we've actually got quite a lot of things to talk about and we do have a special guest coming up in a little while uh, making her a return to the show it's WLWT's Elise Jesse. but in the meantime we thought you know you probably heard all the hot takes and uh, and all the rest of it um, because uh, free agency started uh, last week uh, and then you know legal tampering started and it all kicked off didn't it Nathan it did indeed, my son. I mean, I, I think after 24 hours, all Bengals fans out there were sort of thinking to themselves that, you know, it was going to be same business as usual. And, you know, there was a few people getting quite angry on Twitter and, you know, pointing at the ownership and saying they didn't think much was going to happen again. And, you know, same old Bengals. And um, look what happened. I know. It was kind of funny on that uh, kind of... It was mostly Tuesday that everything kicked off. And when things started to roll and... We got word that the Bengals had missed out on on linebackers Joe Schobert and uh, Kwiatkowski uh, because they didn't uh, kind of bid enough. They lost out in a bit of a bidding war. Bengals Twitter exploded and it was just the usual. Same old Bengals, same old Bengals. We're not going to sign anyone. We're rubbish. Mike Brown this, Mike Brown that. And I was just sitting there, it's like, this is happens every year. When, and it's like, this is the right, the start of the process. And there was, there's still plenty of good players to, to, uh, to kind of sign. Um, and people really fixating on the linebacker position, I think. Um, and of course, once they saw, uh, once they saw that the Bengals were involved in the show, but stakes and the Kwiatkowski stakes and lost out, uh, they were going nuts. Uh, were you feeling that uh, anger and rage, Nathan? I can just imagine I, you. There's steam coming out of your ears. <laughs> I, it wasn't anger and rage. I think with what was going on, it was almost more just a bit of apprehension and you know, really feeling like they needed to make some moves. Um, you know, there was still a, a few decent players on the board. I think if they had left it another day. I think then I might have been, you know, some steam might have been brewing out of my ears. But, you know, fair play to the Bengals. I mean, you know, they spent some pretty serious money. I know we'll go through the players and, you know, what we think and stuff. But they really, I think, knew that, you know, the team was, and I think we've got to be honest with ourselves, the Bengals were the worst team in the NFL last year. And, you know, I think in many ways that has to hit hard with the organisation. You know, we, mm. you can't let the excuse that you've got the first overall pick and the first overall pick 
which we believe will be Joe Burrow, will be a huge, you know, lift to the to the fan base. But you can't rest on your laurels with that. You've got to push on and make some moves. And I think, you know, everyone felt like that was the smart thing to do and the thing that was required. And, you know, full, full credit to the Bengals making what at this stage looks like some smart and some, ex- at the very least, even if they turn out to be wrong moves, they're exciting moves for the fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, as I say, it was kind of the calm before the storm, really. Again, we'd heard that they'd been involved in, uh, uh, you know, talks with Joe Schobert's people and uh, Nick Kwiatkowski's people and they lost out and it was did you take any sort of um comfort from the fact that they were going in for those players and of course this was before uh the the signing of DJ Reader who we'll come to in a second uh was was made or announced rather so it's kind of like oh you know i was kind of thinking okay they're they're involved they're they're looking at things but it looks as though they're still not quite willing to go that extra kind of mild do you know what I mean yeah I mean I think I think the fact that they missed out on a linebacker is you know probably the one thing that people will be concerned about because obviously you know with no unless there's going to be a trade coming or you know potentially they might pick up some sort of you know like lower tier free agents but I do think that linebacker considering obviously you're not going to go there with the first overall pick you know it, it begs the question as when are you going to address that even if you get a good player at you know the 33rd overall pick are they good enough to you know be plugged in and start from day one and do a good job so I guess that's the kind of the concern there but I I, I think you know overall what the Bengals have come away with I don't think there's many fans out there that will say they haven't done enough this time round well let's get to those players because it all exploded it was it all came in, a, in an absolute torrent of, of news and explosive announcements and uh, obviously things not confirmed yet because players still have to take their physical and all the best of it we heard that DeAndre Hopkins had been traded and then the Bengals apparently were kind of in talks to you know were kicking the tyres on that one which was a huge surprise I think they probably offered up Geo to be honest with you that was my especially with Houston picking up David Johnson I think they might have been in the market for a dual threat running back and Geo would have fit that mould I think well, I mean, yeah, and I think I think it would have been interesting because I don't think there's any way that you franchise AJ Green if you go out and get DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so that well, you could have done, but I mean, financially, you know, it would have been an interesting situation. I mean, Gio, I know, takes up a lot of the cap. You know, does have a lot of cap room. I think his salary is somewhere like five, six million a year, which is a consideration. But yeah, I, it's interesting with the Bengals because you, you know. Can you imagine an AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins with Joe Burrow at quarterback next year? I mean, I'd, I think cool. my uh, my money would be quite firmly um, invested in the Bengals for next season if that were the case. Absolutely, man. But uh, but yes, they made some signings. They signed DJ Reader, the defensive tackle from Houston or original uh, ex of Houston, uh, on a four-year, fifty-three million dollar uh, contract. Um, no one was expecting DJ Reedy. Our very own Duncan Price wrote in our uh, uh, free uh, agency guide on our uh, Bengals UK blog, which is at bengalsuk.wordpress.com. He said DJ Reader was an absolute ideal player for us, but highly unlikely because of the money and because he's like a proper tier one free agent, you know. Uh, and, yeah. there, and there we were. We went out and got him. 
Yeah, and I think I think as well, like with any, you know, I, I think it's one of those players in the trenches. They're so valuable. I mean, if he can stay healthy, and like God forbid, you know, he gets injured or anything like that. But if he can stay healthy, you know, knock on every bit of wood you've got. Um, knocking on some wood here, son. Yeah. Can you hear it? I can hear yeah. it. I can hear it. Knocking, knocking on wood. Yeah. Um, him and Gino Atkins with Carlos Dunlap and Sam Hubbard up front is an absolute surefire way to, you know, upgrade that defensive line, help with um, the pass rush, help with stopping the run, which, you know, the Bengals, again, their defence the last two years has been porous. It's been, you know, it's just not felt like those old Bengals defences with Mike Zimmer heading them up and, Mm. um, you know, where you really felt that they had some sort of power there and it was a strength of the team. And I think bringing an impact tier one player in like him, he's still young, he's got a lot of potential, he's got a lot to prove, um, I think it's a fantastic signing. I think they they do need to get uh, they need to get some linebackers in to support that front four. But that front four, you like I said, if healthy, you'd think on paper is one of the better front four in the NFL. Throwing Carl Lawson as well for a bit of uh, well, ta- of course, for a bit absolutely. of a bit of flavour, rotation exactly. A lot of people um, were. Well, not a lot. I saw some people going, DJ Reader, what are we spending that amount of money for? Because he's a nose tackle. He's just a run stuffer. He can't get to the quarterback. But he is a vigorous pigeon, to coin a phrase. And he's disruptive as anything. And he can get to the quarterback. He doesn't get many sacks, but he smashes things up in that phone booth. You know what I mean? And I think what's important as well, I think Paul Downey Jr. said this in his uh, podcast, um, the important thing is, A, he just makes the defence better, full stop, straight away, and B, the impact he could have on Gino. Now, Gino's snaps were kind of slightly reduced last year, I think, and his play wasn't as stellar as previous years. Um, so really, and I think Anarumu kind of said um, he wanted to maximise... Gino's uh, efficiency and uh, impact on games and he's planning to take him out a little bit longer I think maybe actually the argument was that he played a bit too much last year because of course they had injuries and you know people were kind of double tripling Gino but now with Reader next to him that's a really fearsome looking defensive two that might just reinvigorate uh, Gino I think yeah, he's also a younger guy that's talented. Not that, and no, no knock on Andrew Billings, who's now playing for the City up north. But um, a younger player that's quality like that, I think, will definitely, you know, I think when you've got good people around you, it helps you up your game. And you know, Gino certainly, hopefully, will be able to, um, you know, help Reader out himself. You know, pass on some of his his knowledge and experience. And you know, I think the defensive line is such a key key element of a football team and I just think to add a player like him up front which we haven't done for a long long time and it's been a long time since we've gone out there and you know spent money on a top tier player in fact I honestly in the history of like 15-16 years of me being a fan I'm not sure I can really <laughs> recall when the Bengals have gone and made a move like that you could possibly say the Antonio Bryant deal Bryant was a good player at the time um, not sure he was quite top tier, but he was a good player. Um, Antoine Odom was a good player for the Titans when he was there. He sort of eight eight sack a season, nine sack a season. 
type of defensive end. Um, he again, not sure he was a tier one signing. So it's a it's a big thing for the Bengals, you know, and really out of left field, I think, because I think after yeah. the first day, like we said before, people were really sort of, you know, scratching their nails on a chalkboard and you know, sort of really getting a bit bit uh, stressed by it all. But hey ho. Yeah, absolutely. And then it wasn't over yet because then they dropped forty two million dollars on Trey Waynes, the cornerback from the uh formerly of the Vikings. Um that all kind of got mixed reviews. That was quite big money. A lot of people said we overpaid. But they you know, they didn't muck around. They went out and got their guy. They obviously liked him, so you know, for what people what I've read and what people say, whenever I see Trey Wayne's play, he looks like a decent player. Looks quite a physical guy, but from what people said, uh, he's basically Dre Mark too. But overpaid, do you think? 42 mil for three years? You know, um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people kind of say, well, at least they just went out and got their guy. At least they didn't muck around. They identified someone, they liked him, and they paid for him. Yeah, and I think he, he brings something the defence has been accused of lacking, which is speed. And I think that, you know, a lot of people last season said the Bengals haven't got enough speed. And, you know, Trey Waynes absolutely brings that to the table. He's a proven starter. He's a solid cornerback. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Dre Kirkpatrick as well. If Drake stays on a restructured deal, mm. um, if he's let go or what the situation is going to be there. But I think, to be honest with you, like, if... I don't care about the money. I mean, I know that's easy for me to say, not being Mike Brown, but I don't really care. I think the Bengals, you know, we've not been treated to these sort of luxury free agent signings no, before. As no. long as the, you know, the Bengals aren't going to go bust by any means, they're not up against it cat-wise. I think if you need an impact starter like that to make the defence better, then absolutely go and do it. I think if you were going to overspend on a position, I'd rather it had been linebacker. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you could have almost justified restructuring Dre, getting Denard back, and maybe looking to the draft for a cornerback or something. But I, you know, I'm happy with it. I think Wayne's is a good player. He's fast. You know, he, he's got some good experience. He's he's worked under Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, so would have learned a great deal there. I, I'm happy with the signing. Mm. Well, after Trey Wayne's, um, Darquez Denard left for Jacksonville so we wish Quez well and I think we will miss him but then they almost immediately they signed his replacement the slot corner again formerly of the Vikings Mackenzie Alexander and he is a good player and one year deal on a reasonable rate um, but I liked that signing a lot yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, these teammates, you all ex-teammates with Trey Wayne, so they'll have a bit of chemistry coming in there. Worked under Zimmer again. That good value deal as well. I think a lot of people, like you said, saying it's a really good, valuable deal. Uh, um, again, a lot of experience, a good start. So you, you can't argue. There's a good. If you're not going to re-sign Denard, I think it's a good. Um, it's certainly a good uh, replacement for him there. Um, other exits. Clayton Fedgelin went to Miami, so we're going to miss Fedge, but again, we wish him the best. Are you surprised by that, Sam? Um, a little bit, but I think I think they probably would have only signed him up for another kind of year, and with the Miami deal, I think he's getting a three-year job, so I can understand that kind of need for security, and I don't know what they promised him in terms of a um, a much more active role uh, on the field, you know, I, I think Fedge probably wanted 
some more game time actually um, and obviously he's a fantastic special teams player so we are losing a decent hard working high energy player um, I don't know I don't know it's a tricky one isn't it you've got to balance the books you can't keep everyone um, but yeah it's a shame it's a shame John Miller also got cut um, shock that big shock bit of a shock I mean he, he sort of had his moments last year but he also had his down moments as well he, he looked below average I'd say um, so there's certainly an improvement there to be made but yeah he was cut and then he went he signed up with uh, Carolina almost immediately so we wish him well and Andrew Billings they decided with the DJ Reader's signing they decided not to re-sign Andrew Billings uh, and of course they, they tendered uh, Josh Tupu um, uh, so they didn't feel the need to keep Billings, which is a shame because he's sort of progressed year on year, you know, year on year basically, uh, and he's not a bad player. But I think you know when you've got someone like Reader who is like Billings is probably tier two, even top of tier three. Reader's Reader's basically in the top five of his position in the league. Do you know what I mean? He's that kind yeah. of player. Certainly at nose tackle, yeah. Yeah, so shame to see if Billings go, but we wish him well. Not too well because he's gone to Cleveland. Um, they've re-signed... Oh, have they? They tend to turn him McCray, I think, and they re-signed Tory McTyre and, um, and also the wide receiver from the Rams, Mike Thomas, who is supposed to be... I mean, I was getting quite excited. I thought, Mike Thomas, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's he's not the Mike Thomas. He is a Mike Thomas from the Rams. So, Zach Taylor obviously knows him well. And uh, Son, listen to me, listen to me. Go on. Listen to me. I am listening. I, well, I don't often, but go on, yes. I know, obviously, with everything going on, yeah. it's a rough time for everyone at the moment. But, yeah. obviously, for yourself... Mm. News coming out of the Bengals this week that your favourite player, friend. I didn't want to. Didn't want to go one. there. I didn't want to go there. It just compounds all the misery. B W Web. Yeah. What does B W no stand for? Do you reckon? I was I was going to try and do an Adriel Jeremiah Green, but I, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't Google it quick enough. Um, Brian Walter Webb. Brian Walter Webb. Big Web has moved on now obviously is your you know you and you and bw um oh, you two yeah. were talking about renting a flat together out in Cincinnati, <laughs> weren't you? mate i told you once that i liked his hair and then suddenly <laughs> that is not true you that is exploded into like some sort of romance someone, when you fancy someone at school and you keep bringing them up you're like oh yeah like what about like kirsty or what about alice or like sonsy you keep bringing their name up and for weeks in the pre-season if anyone goes back through the episodes you were like, I like the sound of this BWF. BWF popping up on the field. BWF made some good plays. Oh, I could just see the bromance <laughs> brewing. I could see it brewing. Could you? Well, it's out of there now. It's, I, I mean, to be honest, it's fine, really. <laughs> he, not, he wasn't very good. However, I will say this for uh, uh, Brian Walter. Um, he played with a broken arm last year. No wonder he got pushed around so much, um, yeah, and yeah. he couldn't couldn't tackle. I think they might. Actually, no, we've got quite a load. Especially if we keep Dre, we've quite got quite a loaded. If we uh, keep secondary. Dre banging, really. Yeah, because Dre not a bad player at all. He's pretty. No, you know, he's, he's a starter, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you look at Wayne's. You look at Dre. You look at Mc, 
like uh, Alexander, you look at William Jackson on the other side, uh, you look at the two reserves, uh, Tony McRae and Tory McTyre. I mean, I mean, BW is probably not going to come back, but he has got links with Anna Rumi, so I don't know. There is, there was chat of him coming back at some stage once you know roster cuts come and whatnot. But no, I mean, I think I think his time is done in Cincinnati. Really, it's a shame, but we'll keep in touch. We've already said we'll keep in touch. You know, it's yeah. Last year was like a holiday romance for us. You know, so um, we'll we'll keep in touch. Um, and that was that was about it for all the comings and goings. I mean, what. They've certainly filled some holes. They've dropped almost a hundred. Well, they, yeah, they've dropped pretty much a hundred million on free agents. The next big uh, question, of course, with Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, Philip Rivers going to um, the Colts, uh, Brian Hoyer going back to New England, um, and also who did Chicago sign? Um, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. That was an interesting one. Um, so. There aren't uh, many spots for Dalton to land now, are there? Really? Um, so rough market for Andy Dalton. It really is. I mm. mean, you kind of wonder for him whether. Um, do, do you know what I think the Bengals might do? Right, yeah. I've got a possible theory. Go on. And, and this could be financially completely um, not possible or whatever else, but. I think there's a chance with the Bengals. Bear in mind, Dalton is sort of a sort of mid mid pack quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals kept Dalton on the roster, drafted Burrow, yeah. right, and everyone's thinking, well, we can't pay both salaries, etc. But you know, with teams in the preseason, in the first three or four weeks in the season, that inevitably quarterbacks get hurt. Like inevitably, there is going to be someone around the league, good starter. Um, you know, somewhere that is going to get hurt. Mm. And I wonder if the Bengals are thinking to themselves, why don't we hold on to Dalton here? And if, say, for example, a contender, like a, I don't know, someone like the Chiefs or someone like the Seahawks, Russell Wilson goes down or someone goes down, mm. how likely would they be to toss you over like a second or third round pick for someone as good as... Interesting. So maybe restructure his contract... Yes, but still yes. hold him by for trade bait. So he's basic. He's um, but he would. He probably wouldn't restructure it though, would he? Because he'd probably be like, "Well, I don't. You know, I want well, the money." He's only got. He's only got one year left on his contract anyway. I suppose. Oh, so. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think with the Bengals, because if you lost him, if you just cut him, you probably. Well, I don't know what you'd get in the compensation sweepstakes. It's a kind of weird system. But I, I almost think for the Bengals, you could almost gamble on the fact of you might have to pay his wages for the first sort of small period of the season but someone's bound to get every year you think every year how many quarterbacks get hurt and there's all these like quarterback carousels and signings mm. and whatever else and you just think if a team was you know a contender you're not going to get a better replacement to come in than Dalton at that point in the season no but only if they're desperate because basically you know they he still only has a year left on his contract so Unless it's a desperate need, then they would they just sit tight, right? Because and that's what they're doing at the moment. They just sit. Teams are just sitting tight, uh, waiting for the Bengals to cut him so they can just pick him up. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, true. Maybe, true. Maybe it's a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one because the Bengals have lost leverage on this one completely. Um, and also, maybe maybe there is an uh, there is uh, an idea that actually outside the club. Dalton isn't that highly rated, you know. I mean, I th- I would have thought he would have been a perfect fit for 
um, for Chicago with Bill Lazor there. He still might be a perfect fit for Jacksonville with Jay Gruden down there, at offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, I'd rather Dalton than Teddy Bridgewater if I was the Bears. Well, I like Teddy a lot, but he's still... I mean, he's shown flashes, hasn't he? But he's still a little bit unproven, whereas Dalton, you kind of know what you're getting with him, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so all that, dropping 100 million, that was no joke. We There was no... You know, it wasn't April Fool's come early. The Bengals really were active, and what I think they made a statement. I think, you know, it was great to see. What, what kind of grades are you giving there, Nathan? Um... I think I'd be giving them a B plus hmm. at the moment. Yeah, me too. I think there's a couple of moves. I think the DJ Reader moves fantastic. I think Wayne's is good. They might have overspent, but again, I'm not too concerned about that. I think you know across the board. I think the good signs. I'm a little bit disappointed that Denard went. Yeah, I really like Denard, and I thought you know he made a big difference when he came back. And last year we got him on a very friendly deal. We drafted him as our number one overall pick. I just you know, feel like letting him go to the Jags is a bit of a shame. I also felt letting Fedulum go mm. felt like it was something that we, you know, he's, a, he's a, well, I think with players, you know, you can't always just judge them on ability. You've got to judge them on their leadership and mm. their locker room influence. And Fedulum was the special teams captain as well. I, I I hear that Mike Thomas is a good special teams player, so maybe that's yeah. that was their consideration there. But um... yeah, and I guess you don't want to pay someone. To, I don't know the type of deal that he got in Miami, but but potentially the Bengals just felt that it was out of their, you know, they didn't want to be sort of playing that sort of money for him. I mean, he's always been in terms of his actual play at safety is sort of fairly good safety, fairly okay, but like not never really sort of got a grip on the starting job. I know he had that fantastic play against the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Um a while back. But I just he's never really been He's sort a of, backup. He is a backup he, but a great is, special. Yeah. And and I think and again you cannot keep everyone. You have to make no. some tough decisions and uh I don't know. I think we made some good decisions. I'm intrigued to see. Oh yes, we we signed the guard Xavier Suafilo as well. Yes, 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 yes. Um, which a lot of people didn't like because apparently he's not that good. But uh, apparently he's an athletic guy. Um, not quite sure whether he's been brought in uh, for competition or on an automatic starter. Whether he's going to play left or right guard. Uh, but again, another intriguing signing. Um, three years, nine million. Feels like backup money, but we'll see. You know, it gives them a bit of bit more security at that position, I guess. It just, just strange. I mean, I, I know John Miller was sort of bang average last season. Um, you know, I don't know. I, you obviously don't know what goes on behind the scenes and what you know they could have been thinking about that. But it seems like a very because they they burnt some money on Miller as well. It wasn't like it was an easy cut and you don't have to pay anything. I was just slightly surprised that they took the decision to sort of cut him, bring in um, Suafilo, um, who's not obviously it's like they've got cut Miller and gone and got some absolute you know, sort of like top tier free agent in slightly odd move, I would say. Yeah, that's the only one that I would sort of question. But you know, it's still early in the process. It, it also just just on the last point there. It also the Bengals really. I mean, it, they've really looked at um, all of the deals they made in the past off season, um, and I give them credit because they're obviously you know admitting that these are pretty horrendous moves, which is bad in itself that that's happened. And mm. you know, there's only so long that you can make moves like this, and it yeah. you know I guess really enforces you know why we were the worst team in the NFL last year because 
we made some poor moves. But I do give the Bengals credit for not being stubborn and not saying, yeah, you know, we played yeah. these players, you know, Preston Brown, John Miller, yeah. um, and all the rest of it, and we're just going to stubbornly go on. The fact that they're willing to admit that, you know, actually these this, these deals didn't work out, we're going to eat some money here and we're going to go and get some replacements, I feel like is a positive step in itself. Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk more about free agency. We've got some questions from you guys that you've sent in. Once again, thank you so much. Um, but now we're going to bring in our special guest. And now, as promised, we have Emmy Award-winning sports broadcaster on WLWT. It's Elise Jesse making her return to Cincinnati. Elise, are you there? Hi, Paul. I am. Thank you for having me back on. I appreciate it. Well, it's lovely to hear you again. And uh, last time you came on, I'm blaming you, actually, because the last time you came on, you told us about a drink that you used to make, I think you were saying when you were a bartender, um, of like rum and <laughs> cherry Coke, was it? Or something cherry. And for the past year, since you... Cherry last... rum and Coke. Yeah, right. I can't find cherry <laughs> rum, but I've been basically drinking uh, rum with cherry Coke ever since you mentioned that. So thank you for destroying my liver for me. Uh, yes. <laughs> Well, I did not advise you how many drinks to have per week. That one's on you. I just made the suggestion of the tasty drink. Yeah, true. I can make more suggestions if you'd like, but it sounds like you're pretty good with the cherry coke. No, I think we might get. I think we (laughs) might need some uh, drink suggestions a bit later uh, because obviously things are a bit crazy at the moment. But uh, and I know for a fact that you know I've recently followed you on Instagram and you put some fantastic content of you and your family and how you're filling the days at the moment but you're also getting out there and reporting not just on sports these days so it's obviously uh, quite intense mm-hmm. at the moment um yeah it's intense but honestly when we're called to report on something that affects our city that we work in directly in our community that we live amongst um and obviously it's also affecting the world you just you feel a duty to bring your viewers and the people at home the best most accurate information that they can possibly get um because sometimes you know listening to those press conferences we have multiple press conferences from um the governor of ohio mike dewine and the mayor of cincinnati john cranley and of course president trump here so it's a lot to sift through for a normal person who's just you know sitting at home and trying to enjoy family so if we can boil it down to the main things the main takeaways that they need to have i think it helps them a lot absolutely and you i mean i was i watched some of your news reports and you did a, a fantastic job i must say um um and if you want to go and Thank follow you. elise on uh, instagram she's uh at least jesse tv and there's lots of little videos of a <laughs> beautiful young daughter and Elise making weird, frankly weird smoothies, um, all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff on there. Uh, so uh, yeah, go follow Elise. But Elise, <laughs> the last time that you came on, um, you gave us some fantastic gossip uh, behind the scenes. I'm not quite sure what it's like in terms of gossip with the Bengals at the moment because everyone's working from home and uh, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. what what did you make of? Um, their splurge in free agency last week. I think that took everyone by surprise. 
Well, here's the thing. I wasn't super surprised to see that. I was kind of expecting a splash from them in free agency this year because I know it's uncharacteristic of the Cincinnati Bengals to make a splash in free agency. Mm. But after what um, Director of Player Personnel Duke Tobin told us at the Combine, it really sent the message to me that they were planning on spending a heavy amount of money to get players to bolster their roster because, um, honestly, I think everybody knows that you don't have a 2-14 and 14 season with one deficit at one position. Right. There are multiple holes in that roster that they absolutely had to fill. And you think back to Super Bowl week even, I think it was uh, Dan Patrick who did the interview with Joe Burrow, who the Bengals are expected to take as of right now. And Joe Burrow <laughs> did voice that he wants to go to a team who wants to be a Super Bowl contender, who wants to win games. And um, I think the Bengals understood that they needed to send him a message that way. Um, and it seemed like Duke Tobin was pretty peeved about the fact that uh, I guess the national media had been saying that, you know, the Bengals as a whole, as a team, didn't want to win. Mm-hmm. And so he said that he was praying for certain media members. Right, okay. And then also said, <laughs> be expected for us to spend some money. And they did. I mean, they almost dropped, What? yeah, they dropped almost $100 million on uh, kind of almost half a dozen players. And <laughs> As well, wow, yeah, you, yeah, you, that, right. that's active, right? That is active. Um, so, who, who were the, who were the signings that caught your eye, and why? Who are you excited to see in stripes next year? So, I mean, the most expensive player that they got in free agency was nose tackle DJ Reader. They signed him for fifty-three million dollars, a four-year deal. So, they're paying him top-line money um, at thirteen point two million dollars a year Mm. um so he should significantly um better their defense next year because as you know their defense you know was towards the very bottom of the league and they're actively trying to revamp that and i think Mm. signing dj reader was a good thing there and then the other big signing i think these two signings caught everybody's eye just because of how much money the Bengals were willing to shell out for these two guys outside cornerback trey wayne from the vikings um we all know their secondary was lacking a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and that's saying it kindly. <laughs> and so, adding a an outside quarterback like Trey Waynes is is a is a great step um, towards putting their money where their mouth is and really, really showing with action that they do plan on winning next season. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I love that, Elise. You're always the ma- the mistress of uh, understatement there. Um, <laughs> I I agree, and they also <laughs> signed Mackenzie Alexander as well, which I thought was a good signing, especially with Darquez leaving uh, for the Jags as well. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was huge. So they're adding multiple players, and then I also liked the signing of um, Mike Thomas. Yeah, right. I think he only made about just over seven hundred thousand dollars with the Rams. So it's kind of unclear exactly how much the Bengals did pay him, but I can't imagine that it would be too much more than that. Mm. Um, But with the unknown of A.J. Green um, after this year, especially if they don't manage to work out a long-term deal with Green, um, having, uh, I guess, like a, how do I say it, a 
heavy room full of wide receivers would yeah. be a good goal for the Bengals to have. Yeah, and also John Ross, <laughs> the uncertainty over John Ross as well, and uh, and also the depth in right. the wide receiver class in the draft as well. I mean, they're probably going to pick someone up in the early right. to mid-rounds, you would imagine. Yeah, I would expect to see that as well. Um, and But the only sure thing that pretty much everyone is banking on, except for Joe Burrow, is that the Bengals will be taking um, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that opens up the question, and it also opens up the floodgates of rumors of what will the Bengals do with Andy Dalton's $17.7 million that he's owed next season? (laughs) That is an interesting spot to be in, and it's not a spot that the Bengals necessarily want to be in. Well, I was going to ask you, actually, that was my next question. What What are you hearing about Dalton's situation? What do, ideally, what do they, actually, this is a rhetorical question, because you know that they want to, tra- they want to get him a nice trade, they want to get something back, uh, but what are you hearing at the moment about Dalton's right. situation? What he wants, what the club wants, what like likely is going to happen? Because there doesn't seem too many spots out there left for Dalton. And you're absolutely right about that. There really aren't a lot of spots open for Dalton. I don't I don't remember, and you probably don't remember either, the last time that we saw such a big flood of veteran quarterbacks in free agency, like hit the market at the same time. Mm. That was pretty crazy, and that did not do a lot of good as far as Dalton's um, market and his ability to go to another team. Um, and I've, I'll tell you what, last season, week eight at the bye, three hours before the trade deadline and the Bengals decided to bench Andy Dalton instead of trade him. I mean, that man does not show a whole lot of emotion. He's pretty even keel for the most part. And I have never seen him as angry as I did after that happened Mm -hmm. because he specifically mentioned it was three hours before and I, my agent didn't even have time to, you know, vet other teams to see if other teams would have wanted me. And at that time, it would have been a much better time for Andy Dalton to actually sign with the team because then a few months later, all these other quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks like Tom Brady then hit the market. Yeah. So what, what, where do you, what do you see that? I mean, would you know, Mike is is uh, famed for trying to eke everything, every last ounce of value out of something. Um, do you do you think they they will cut him, or do you think there is some way that he sticks around next year? Because I I mean they want to get something for him, but has that moment gone? As you say, has have they lost any leverage uh, they ever had with Andy Dalton? Well, here's the problem. 17 over 17 million dollars that is way too much money for a team to shell up shell out to a backup quarterback especially if you draft Joe Burrow so that's just too much money to pay him um and with all of the moves that they've been making in free agency they can't afford Andy Dalton's contract and also AJ Green is due roughly 18 million with the franchise tag and AJ Green has said that he wants a long-term deal so they can't they really cannot afford to keep Andy Dalton on their roster with all of the money that they are expected to pay out to keep other guys like their brand new free agent signings and also one of the top wide receivers in the game AJ Green. Yeah. And of course Joe Mixon's coming up as well. So, you know, uh there's more oh, yeah. there's more money that has to be found for for Joe's contract if they indeed want to sign him. 
Exactly. And the Bengals are pretty high on Joe Mixon. And I know it was so interesting because the perception of Joe Mixon was so poor when entering the draft. Right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. now, I mean, even even I have a high opinion of the person that he is because yeah. he's been cons- – I think the main thing with him is that he's been consistent ever yeah. since he's gotten in the league. He's stayed out of trouble. He's been polite. He's been kind. Yeah. Um, a leader in the locker room. His His fellow teammates rally behind him. And he's also been – one of the biggest driving forces as far as emotion on this team um you know since he was brought into that locker room absolutely um so are the bengals finished in free agency do you think and now it's all it's kind of full steam ahead onwards looking to the draft and making their final you know getting their big board ready and making their final calculations and decisions and whatnot or do do you expect anything else because a lot of people have been uh, I guess bemoaning the fact that there's been no linebacker pickup so far. Oh my gosh, and they are so thin I know, at right? the linebacker position. But again, like I said earlier with you, you know they're they were thin in a lot of spots on this roster, and that's how they became two and fourteen last year. Mm. And linebacker is definitely a position group where the Bengals need to bolster. There is no question about that at all. Um, I, I don't totally expect a whole lot of uh, big movements from the Bengals in free agency at this point just because of how much money they've spent and how much cap space they currently they don't they're running out of cap space is the yeah. main thing with that any surprise any whispers of any surprise trades you know Dre Geo even uh, any people like that any, any whispers that you've been hearing I haven't heard any whispers about um I think you meant Geno Atkins, right? Oh, no, Gio, no, sorry, Geo uh, Bernard. Geo Bernard, yeah. No, they're, I mean, they, what, they signed him, re-signed him last year, or the year before, and they have always been high on Giovanni Bernard. So I haven't heard any whisperings um, on that front. Um, and as far as Drake Kirkpatrick, I think, is who the other guy that you named. Yes, yeah. Um, Everybody in the market is really kind of expecting them to make some sort of move with Dre Kirkpatrick because um, just flat out, his numbers have not been as good as you would need if this team does plan on doing what they're saying they're going to do, which is win a lot of football games. Mm, absolutely. Dre Kirkpatrick has, has a habit of getting burned badly. And that is that is not the kindest way to say it, um, but it's, that's just what the tape says. When you look at the tape, that's what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless he makes some extreme improvements and the Bengals see that and they trust in him, I, I don't know what they'll do with that position because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they maybe need some bodies in that position, or if they're they're unable to like get rid of his contract or sign in a new corner. Yeah. But something's got to happen there, and I think we all realize that. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Elise. I'm going to let you go in a second, um, but I have to ask you. We did it last year. Um, we're. I think we're in the UK. We're going to be on lockdown from tonight, like proper lockdown. Um, there's a whole drinks cabinet there. We're going to turn into a nation of alcoholics if we haven't already uh, done that. 
What a little tipple, a little, a little so, tipple tip from uh, Elise Jesse, former bartender. You know, you gave us cherry rum last year. <laughs> what are you giving us this year? Take any drink, any spirit from Here, your I, drinks cabinet and give us something special. No pressure. I have two <laughs> drinks right off the top. Oh, I knew you would, Elise. You. I knew now, you'd one come of through. The... <laughs> <laughs> one of the drinks is very specific to Ohio, so I'll save okay. that for last. The drink that most people might be interested in is something um, that I'm actually going to try tonight. It's called um, the Quarantini. Oh, Everyone's quarantined in their home. So you take vodka, you add, you know those little vitamin C packets, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You add the vitamin C packet to the vodka. You also add an orange. And you stir it up, and now you have a quarantini. You get your vitamin C, you get your alcohol, and you're ready to go. It sounds a bit too virtuous for my liking. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'll let you know i'll send you a text and Please I'll let do. You know put it on it put it on instagram later <laughs> later and tag tag us in it or mention us in it uh, but yeah what's what's your second drink elise so the governor of ohio his name is mike dewine okay. so on my off days i'm going to start a uh, a thing called wine with dewine nice so I'm going to pour a glass of wine, and every time I see Mike DeWine's face on TV, I'm going to take a sip. Um, Elise, you might actually be quite drunk uh, by the end of this crisis, <laughs> I think. I think actually, uh, listeners, do check Elise's Instagram, because it might be a whole lot of drunken fun, I think. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. Um, well, to a certain point, I do have a kid to take care of. That is very true. That is true, yeah. Um, Elise, thank you so much for taking the time to join us again. It's always lovely to talk to you. Uh, thanks for chatting. Do take care of yourself over there, and, um, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Paul, thank you. You too. It's so great to talk to you, and I hope you stay healthy and your family as well, and uh, we will make it through this pandemic. That was the fantastic Elise Jesse, and you can follow her on Twitter at Elise underscore Jesse WLWT. And uh, as I say, Elise is kind of doing all sorts at the moment. It sounds like it's all hands to the pump in Ohio, so we urge her to stay safe and all our friends in Ohio and in the States to stay safe. Um, as ever with Elise, good stuff, Nathan. And. Uh, she kind of, you know, she mentioned about Andy Dalton and the fact that they're going to have to, you know, they just paid AJ Green. They're going to have to come up with a, a long-term deal for him and also Joe Mixon. So it's highly unlikely that they're going to keep Dalton, really. Yeah, true. I mean, and it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Andy Dalton, I feel like we all thought he was 100% never play another game for the Bengals when they ditched him mid-season um, in favour of Ryan Finley and then he you know came back down the stretch and you know got a got a win and you know really sort of i don't know you kind of thought you'd never see it again he broke the ken anderson's record of mm-hmm. course and you just wonder with dalton like is there you know very unlikely of course but is there any sort of uh, chance of a you know an outrageous uh, another stint i don't know who knows you know. as i say it's uh, the start really it's the start of the process so we'll know 
sooner rather than later i think so just just quickly Sam, I, know, I know you love dictating the tempo but i'm gonna like, mix it up quickly <laughs> so one one of the stories that's obviously been floating around and again uh, you know um just to sort of stir up some drama in the off season there's obviously a lot of chat in the last week since we had the last podcast around um miami uh you know could they be looking to take that number one spot off the Bengals? Now, I know we've talked a lot about this in the past, but, you know, a lot of chatter, a lot of people saying, you know, what would it take? Would they? Would the Bengals be interested? Would Miami come at them aggressively? Like, do you think, number one, there's any truth to those rumours? And secondly, and I know we've talked about this a lot, so you don't have to go into much detail, but do you think there's any chance the Bengals would be interested if those rumours were true? That was a uh, Colin Cow turd, wasn't it? As I like to call him. <laughs> yeah, I think he was one of them. I initially stoked it, but I think there's a couple of other. Um... But they're not. They're not rumours either. They're just opinion. They're just people saying. I if I were... was, a, I think there was a rumour. I don't there? think it was just opinion. I think someone was saying that they think Miami may well aggressively, or they might have heard that Miami are aggressively pursuing it. I, I could be. Um, Again, just stirring my own tabloid pot, uh, pot, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I still don't think they will. I, I don't. I don't think they will. I just don't. I don't know. I mean, it's could, could, the, could the Bengals, you know, drop back, take three first round picks, take Justin Herbert fifth overall, get Kenneth Murray, you know, in the middle of the first round, the end of the first round, pick up a tackle or someone like that, and you walk away and you say, well, we've, you know, it's a pretty good situation, isn't it? You've got a starting top five quarterback. You've got the linebacker that you desperately need. You've got another tackle to add to the line. You've gone and had a good free agency haul. Let's see how we go. Or do you just, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's of, I just think the amount of chatter you go burrow, it doesn't matter. I don't care if there's 20 first round picks on the table at this point. I just don't think you need to overcomplicate a very obvious, um, you know, solution like this. But I don't know. I think because I desperately want them to get Burrow every time, you know, this sort of comes to the forefront, you just kind of feel a little bit like, oh, you know, like, could it be true? Um, I know what you mean. As as I've said before, it's still a, a quite a logical, in terms of roster building, it's quite a logical um, way to do it. Trade down, get your picks and whatever. But the fact of the matter is, we are in need of a number one new franchise quarterback. The franchise itself needs a real boost. Uh, I think fans in general all over the world need a real boost, but specifically Bengals fans, they need a boost. And it just so happens that the number one or two player, because you know a lot of people reckon Chase Young is the best player in the draft, but you know the number one or two player in this draft happens to be a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback who has set records all over the place um, so the stars have aligned you know and I just think they've got to do it you know um, and I'd be surprised if they didn't you know if, would I be upset if they traded down and get a whole load of picks I wouldn't be crushed to be honest with you because I'm not buying into this Burrow is a god sort of narrative which I think is dangerous um, yeah so, you know, the logical side of me would be like, okay, yeah, you know, if we traded down with Miami, because I think Miami realistically is the only team that could tempt the Bengals with, with the capital in the draft that they have. Um, and if they're going to go after him, great, fine. I, I would still expect them to get knocked back, really, because I just think it's just too good a fit. It's just... It's, 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 it's like... It's like 
being offered an open goal, really. Um, do you know what I mean? I, I, I still think they're going to do it. And I think the national media, because they haven't really got anything to talk about, they'll just, you know, all these shock jocks will just, you know, carry on stirring the pot, really, because they've got nothing else to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... I think I think what you say around the whole like not being crushed and I think you know not buying into the burrow is a god high. I I think that is extremely sensible and I think it's logical. The only thing I would say is I I just feel like if you're the Bengals, if you if you take Burrow right there, you cannot you can't go wrong. You can't if you draft Burrow and he's the biggest bust of all time. That's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes, and I don't think even though that you know what I mean like the, that that was the wrong decision and it you know it potentially set the franchise back. I think the fans, the general public, everyone else would say, Do you know what, it didn't work out, but it, at the time it was the right decision to make. I just think if you took a decision where you took Herbert Murray, whoever else, even if Murray turned out to be a pretty good linebacker and he was a starter for five years, and you know you got a tackle that was again decent or not bad and a sort of you know reasonable starter for a couple of years and Herbert was and he just didn't work out and Joe Burrow was this sort of you know not even a you know Tom Brady-esque style player but like a Matt Ryan quality player you know every year sort of in and around the Pro Bowl four and a half thousand yards you just look like the most foolish franchise of all time and I just don't think you can afford that really as a team I just think you you live and die by an obvious sat on your lap solution you, you, it's just too easy I think yeah like yeah. I don't know it's an, it's a it's a really unusual situation but I just, <laughs> I just feel like we can't I'm always drawn to talking about it yeah I agree yeah, I and agree. I think uh, oh there's a bit of echo sorry um yeah it's it's a funny one because um obviously with world events you know the the focus quite rightly is very much on that and you know that's kind of taken some of the draft luster away and some of the chat away um so it's interesting that Cowturd managed to kind of mention that again really i don't know why but anyway whatever it's soon we're about a month away we're gonna have our draft episodes pretty soon so look out for them we'll have our own bengals uk draft panel coming up we'll have dave lapham all being well we'll have joe goodbury uh it's all going to be happening so uh Yes, stand by. Uh, but we do have some correspondence, as ever. Thank you so much. Uh, we can be reached at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter and Facebook, Bengals UK. And um, let's see, what should we start with? Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Bears 688. Keep the podcast coming if you can. A welcome distraction. An interesting free agency. Would like to see AJ get a good deal rather than the tag as him and Burrow will be exciting to watch and give him veteran knowledge. Look after each other. Fair play, Stu, my old son. You know, we're keeping them coming, son, aren't we? We're yeah. here for the Bengals faithful. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of community, we had our first ever watch party on Sunday where a bunch of us uh, watched... Uh, what do we... Oh, yes, the Seahawks at the Bengals in 2015. That fantastic overtime victory... 
the doink, the Nugent doink, right at the end. That was great. Uh, so thank you so much to anyone who uh, joined in with that. We had a really good time, and hopefully more people uh, will get involved this Sunday because we're going to keep it going because, let's face it, our diaries are quite clear at the moment and uh, we need some distraction. We need a bit of community love. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you which game we're going to be watching at the end of this uh, episode but um, and we have Peter Daswell at Dadders now if you can give one piece of advice that if implemented successfully would instantly improve the success of the team even by a tad what would it be mine would be on fourth and inches don't run from the shotgun yeah it's a pretty good one um, what advice are we giving um, oh it's a tough one you go first Sam oh cheers I was hoping you were going to come because <laughs> I don't like answering these. I don't claim to be a coach. I'm still learning at the about the game. Um, I don't like. No, no offense to Pete. I know what he's getting at, but I I I find difficult things to. I don't know. I, it was weird. I, I just don't know. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of when they try and force the run. I I always right, hate it. Yeah. It's like first and ten, they run it for a yard, and then like want to keep it going, so then run it again, and it sets you up with like third and eight or third and seven. I just. I don't know, but then, you know, I completely understand. If you can get that run game going, it's it's so difficult for teams to beat you because then, you know, they have to commit men forward and you can dink it over the top, play action and all the rest of it. So I get it, but it's sometimes quite frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the coaches are there for a reason. That's why they get paid the big bucks. And fans, we're just here as fans and we can have informed opinions, but I don't know, I don't get into that kind of... It, however, I do, I've just thought of a few examples after all that little spiel. Um, don't drop uh, defensive ends into linebacking coverage. That's probably a bad idea, although I know that Lou uh, Lou Anarumi quite likes system flexibility, uh, but I, I don't like seeing Sam Hubbard linebacker, you know, that kind of um, outside. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? I don't like that. And I like, as you say, that kind of constant kind of draw from shotgun is is a pain and also just don't hire people like Terry Austin always always remember that Pittsburgh game when they won on the last play of the game uh, a couple of years ago when they went cover zero uh, it was a highly risky strategy where where the game was and we lost you know to Big Ben Antonio Brown wasn't it yeah to Big Ben who now these days looks like He's auditioning for the sequel of Castaway. I have well, to say, you've got to worry about Big Ben, aren't you? Like that's that's the that's the look of a man that's not doing very well. That's the look of a man who's been living in uh, a bin for six months. I think. But I feel like sometimes when you know when you when you you gone like that, <laughs> like the geezer, the geezer looks like he's really like. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's certainly. Like, you look at Joe Burrow, like looking all slick with his cigar, getting his hair done, and like. You know, he's a he's the sort of geezer you want like heading up the franchise. Big Ben looks like he's sort of, do you know, like I don't know, like he's just fully got off the rails. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it's kind of when you look at the pictures of him with his beard, it's not even a very. You know, I like a beard. I have a beard. You look at uh, Captain Obvious's beard; it's it's beautifully uh, sculpted and no doubt oiled and and kept pruned, um, but uh, Ben. Seems to it's not even hipster beard, is it? It's maybe this is a new thing. It's like I it's don't just, know. It's not cool though. He looks massive, the geezer as well. He, like, looks... he looks like he's a. He's also thirty-eight this season. <laughs> he's, he's he ain't been great for the last couple of years. He's got yeah. absolute. 
ton of injury problems like ton of credit to Roethlisberger over the years I hate him and I hate the Steelers but he has taken some absolute beatings for that team and like stood in the pocket and taken some shots from the best of them I just feel like looking at him at a minute I I just if I was a Steelers fan I'd be absolutely it yeah because I just I've got no confidence number one that he could do a 16 game season number two that even if he could that he'd be any good like I just you know I I mean it's good for Bengals fans but I I certainly like I don't know I'm going to be interested to see him next year I really really am especially now that you know the Steelers have lost some of their better weapons yeah yeah no well good but you know um yeah, I do wonder. I wonder if he's going to do something for charity where where he's kind of like you know, um, going to shave it. I mean, you could you if you you could shave that beard off and his hair, and probably knit some sort of cardigan out of it. Really, I think. Can you? <laughs> yeah, I think so, son. What, what are you going for? A nice stripy cardigan, like nice. I could imagine you in a nice sort of like stripe. I can imagine you in it's like a. I could imagine like a nice knitted jumper and a hat, like a knitted hat to match. A knitted hat. I feel like, I feel like I could see you like yeah. knitted jumper, knitted yeah. hat combo. Okay. Like if you went off the rails and I came around to do a podcast <laughs> in a couple yeah. of months, yeah. and you sat there in like a knitted jumper and knitted hat, and you said an old aunt of yours had, like you know what I mean, like knitted it or like yeah. someone like Those that. Those are I, the only clothes that I've got left because of I, lockdown. I, would, I haven't yeah. I've been having to wipe my ass with all my clothes basically because the toilet paper's run out, and I've only got my great great aunt's cardigan and knitted hat left to wear and if you see me in that i i don't know what to say i'd be a bit embarrassed to be honest with you yeah absolutely well I'll, we'll wait and see yes indeed um well that, that that went off on an unexpected tangent really um right uh jamie at trequart beaster ideas for a quarantine combine please and thank you Do you know what I've done, been doing recently? It's not. It's. I mean, considering that people can't go out, this is a good little exercise tip to anyone who's got an American football sat at home, right? Yeah, go on. I lie on my bed, right? Feet off the end of the bed. So Don't just know like, where this is going, by the way, but carry on. Yeah. <laughs> Feet over the end of the bed, so just over the end of the mattress, right? Yeah. I get Rosie to. She got Ameri- I've got an American football, right? So <laughs> I'm laid flat back, and she throws the ball just. Yeah so slightly over like where I'm like raised back I have to go back and catch it often one handed sometimes two handed but then come back up for like a sit up right uh, okay great way to do sit ups because it's so much more fun than just doing sit ups and you're also then catching the ball and you when you're coming back up you like throw it with a spiral back to her and she throws it back you do 20 of them mate your fucking abs are feeling good I tell (laughs) you I don't think I could do three of them, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> I'll come round some with a mask on and throw them for you. Maybe that's something that we could explore. I don't have any answer to that um, at this moment in time. But, uh, yeah, maybe we might be able to ask our listeners to send in some videos of some... Because Baker Mayfield sent in his sort of press-up challenge, as did John Ross with a dog on his back, um, which was nice. Uh, maybe we could ask our listeners to send in their videos of their own quarantine combine we're turning into almost like public service broadcasting here um this evening um ross at dalton to aj not sure if it's been done before uh keen to see you guys opinion your guys opinion on your favorite bengals player ever go on 
I think we have done this before, but there's no harm in going over it again. Quick. Um. Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? Um, I feel like my favourite Bengals player of all time. I'm going Chad. Okay, that's fair. I enough. think. Yeah, I just think he's absolute dynamic entertainer. You know, brilliant player, of course. You know, Dalton's a class act. I, I think he's been an absolute credit to the Bengals in his time here. Yeah, He'd okay. certainly be in my top three. He'd probably be my number two, actually. Just a really... A lo- I think, to be fair to Andy Dalton, if he was an absolute character and he had a little bit more, like, a little bit more swagger to him, I love a player with a bit of swagger. I think he might even do out Chad. But, yeah, really tough one. But them two certainly stand out. Uh, I'm going... Well, it's obviously BW, son. <laughs> no, I'm going to go... I always, I'm going to go either it's Boomer or James Brooks. And I'm going to go... I'm gonna go Boomer because he's exactly that guy. He's he was fant- a fantastic player, but he had a bit of swagger. But he, you know, I don't. What I don't like is swagger that's not backed up with quality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. And Boomer backed. He didn't have like outrageous swagger, but there was just like a good confidence about him. And uh, but he had real quality to back up. So I'm going Boomer. Uh, Ross also asked favorite game ever favourite moment, favourite underrated player or forgotten player team you have a soft spot he's asking all the questions here um, oh. alright pick one of those to answer, we'll, we'll we'll answer these as the weeks go by I always, always had a bit of a soft spot for Andre Caldwell back in the day did you? yeah at least a lot of thought he was quite good Andre Caldwell um, who else was there back in the day? I do you remember there was a player in Hard Knocks. He was he, they, everyone thought he was going to be quite good, and I think he flashed a bit in the preseason, but never made it. Tom Nelson, yeah, always, yeah, 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 I remember him. And safety, I always thought he might have been something. Um, I always quite like Antoine Odom as well. And I, yeah, when he yeah. Bengals were talking about him earlier in the podcast, that game he had against Green Bay when he got like five or six sacks on Aaron Rodgers and. Um, I remember the the commentator. I can't remember his name. Might have been Dan Deardorff or someone. And I remember when he got the uh, the fifth sack of um, Aaron Rodgers. He was like, "Antoine Odom is not human." And I was thinking then, like, what a player we've got in our hands here. But it just never, unfortunately, worked out for him. Absolutely. Um, right, Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Uh, he is asking, "Is this the naked episode?" Secondly, who plays Oxbox? That's something completely different. Secondly, who plays Xbox? Hit me up with gamer tag. So if anyone wants to play, um, uh, I don't know, games with Duncan, uh, you can find him um, at Slam Dunk the Funk. Is this the naked episode? No. Um, not yet. We, we've got we've got to look after ourselves, son. During this time of like quarantine and stuff, it'd be foolish for us to be taking off protective layers at this time. Stuart Davis at Dutch Bath. Just where is Andy Dalton going to end up, and why? Um, I'm going. I'm going Jags. Although I still think there's a chance for New England because I just think they're waiting for um, the Bengals to release him. But I still think there's a chance for the Jags because of the Jay Gruden connection. Yeah, I think the Jags are a good shout. 
I I think it's looking a bit bleak for Dalton at the minute. That's why I sort of said, you know, with talking about like, you know, would the Bengals think about holding on to him and trying to opportunistically trade him? I I, do, I don't think he'll go to New England. I, I, I have a few sources coming out of New England saying that you know they don't think anything's going to happen there. Um, I think it might roll on for a while. And next we have Ryan Yunt, who uh, is, I bet you didn't know this, listeners, but the producer of the NFL Network's Red Zone with Scott Hansen is a Bengals fan. And Ryan is at Ryan underscore Sova underscore Yunt. And he says, here's how I'm staying sane through all of this. Updating my Madden roster manually to reflect the free agency news and creating the first round picks based on the move the sticks latest mock draft so there's a bit of a hint that he might want to hook up with um with duncan there um are you, i think everyone's turned everyone's turning to these like games at the minute aren't they like you're getting everyone playing fifa now everyone trying like loading on the ps4 and the xbox game and you know, it's going to be a weird period for people. And I think, you know, certainly something like Madden. I'll tell you, I mean, what they need to release, and I've said this on this podcast yeah, before, they need to release a football... You know, in the UK, obviously, and for our American listeners who don't get it, there is a computer game called Football Manager. Yeah. And it is basically a soccer game where you manage the team, you do everything tactically, you go out there, you buy players, you manage the finances, you manage every aspect of the club from staff to stadiums to it's it's insanely detailed is the most addictive game i think i've ever played and i think a lot of listeners will attest to that if they made an american football manager and i feel like it would suit itself so well because of the statistics and the draft and all these sort of variations of you putting together the team and the unique thing of the game is that you don't actually play the game I don't know if the you know if the Americans wouldn't like that, but you you literally have to just sit back and be like, right, I've put yeah, these players yeah, right. plates. Let's see how they go. Like you could draw up a playbook. Like you could be like, right, I'm putting these plays in, but you have no idea how it would actually play out against like really tough competition. But like, I would be spending all sorts of money on that game, wouldn't you? <laughs> Well, certainly during this time, that's for sure. Um, well, exactly, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've got a final question, and it, again, it's from Peter Dadswell at Dadders. Recent pods illustrate how much you guys like your food. With a player having recently opened a successful restaurant, name a Bengals in, a player-inspired dish for the menu, like Renel Ren Steak Tartare. Undoubtedly meaty, but very, very raw. It's clever that one. It's very good. Um, Sam Hubbard lasagna looks plain and obvious, but it's got layers. Uh, Geo uh, Bernard sushi comes in small portions, but varied, tasty, and effective. And he said this one's for Nathan. Russell Bodine poppadoms makes sense, but one touch and they crumble into a heap. <laughs> hey, Dad, I can tell you've been locking yourself down. The time's coming. Oh, no, you get a lot of time. On They're that. very good. I give you a lot of credit there. They're yeah, very they're great. good. Have you got some? I haven't. I'm, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not. I'm certainly don't want to be following that lead either. <laughs> uh, yeah, I come up with Terrellarians, pineapple Jeffa cakes. Uh, it kind of sounded like a good idea on paper, but maybe not so good in reality. Oh, right. uh, there you go, son. You're matching him. You're oh, matching yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, Adam Jones, popping candy. No, no real need to explain that one. I think really. Um, because that just goes off in your mouth. And not. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, son. Oh man alive. I mean not oh anyway, let's get on to the next one very quickly. <laughs> Andre Smith. 
ham. Just ham. Just loads of ham. Just like sliced ham, whole ham. Just you know, just eat. Just ham, really, for Andre and Andy Dalton. Uh, a turmeric latte. <laughs> With coconut milk. Wholesome, good for you, tastes good, but never quite becomes your favourite drink. <laughs> How about that? That might be my favourite one, Sam. There you it? go. Yeah. And of course, the, the colour, because of his, you know, hair. Um, anyway, that's it for You're another. Poet, Sam. Well, well, I wouldn't say that. Um, Vesuth, uh, it is verily. Uh, no, no. Um, right, okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I know times are hard out there. Uh, things may well get harder for people. Um, we're here if you ever want to talk to us, come online, chat to us. We're going to be around, quite obviously. Uh, be cool, be calm, uh, be kind, stay indoors, all that kind of good stuff. We know what to do. Make some of Elise's quarantinis, uh, you know, uh, and we will be back next week with more nonsense. Now, uh, as I say, we are having a uh, another watch party this Sunday, Sunday the 29th. That's someone's birthday. Did you know that, Nathan? No, tell me more. It's my birthday on Sunday the 29th, but, you know, 34, I don't know. Um, <laughs> what do you want, my son? What do I want? Yeah. Uh, I quite like to just be able to go to the shops without catching a deadly virus that would be quite something but i've got a feeling that's not quite gonna happen for this year's birthday but no i just want everybody how about this i want everybody to be safe and happy how about that you're you're beautiful ma'am i know um now we do have another watch party this sunday as i mentioned um uh i was going to go for another game but there's been a bit of uh to and froing on twitter today and we're going to go for the Freezer Bowl of 1981. Uh, Bloody hell. Ken Anderson, the AFC Championship game in sub-zero temperatures uh, against the Don Coryell uh, offence and Dan Fouts and Charlie Joyner and Kellen Winslow and all those guys. Um, so we're going to go for that one. Uh, there will be. We're going to try and kind of mix and match. There's going to be games from different eras. Uh, there's going to be some from the Boomer era. There's going to be some from the from the Chad and Carson era. There's going to be one from the John Kitner era. Even there's going to be another one with Kenny and Co. Uh, and more from Andy Dalton. So do join us. It was a great way to uh, distract yourself for three hours, and lots of people got involved, and it was fun. It was really good fun. So we'll be posting details of uh, the times and reminders on our social channels throughout the week so do come and join us it is a good way to spend three hours um with friends so and with that it's uh it's a who day from me and it's a who day from me cheers guys and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the cincinnati bengals organization